You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am your host, Summer Gilbert, and I am the Director of Marketing and Branding here at Pacific Companies. And my co-host today is our EVP of Business Development, Mr. Patrick Dini. Today on the podcast, Patrick and I talked to Dr. Robert Underwood about physician leadership. Uh, Dr. Underwood is way overqualified to talk about this subject as an Army veteran, a speaker, a chief medical officer, and an MD himself. He has a ton of experience, and his book tries to get physicians to branch out of their comfort zone and tap into that leadership mentality. So we are so honored to have him on the podcast today. Dr. Underwood, thank you so much for joining us. Let's get started. So for a little backstory, Dr. Underwood, I know this is probably hard to summarize, but what got you interested in the field of medicine? Oh, wow. Uh, that's actually a very deep question. So I did not take a traditional path. Um, I think that back in high school, I wanted to be a physician. I was taking all of the biology and chemistry classes that you could take when I was in high school and then ended up going to West Point. Um, and West Point is really about leadership and about preparing leaders of character for the military. And I thought I was really going to do a career in the military. So it kind of transpired that I ended up leaving the military and uh, initially went to work for uh, a company out of Chicago, Illinois. And then Desert Storm happened and I got called back on active duty and then family uh, family concerns during Desert Storm moved me to South Carolina where I didn't have a job. And so that's where I kind of went back to my original passion of wanting to go to medical school. And so I actually went back, did pre-med, had to take my biology courses because I was an engineer coming out of uh, coming out of the academy. Mm-hmm. And that one thing led to another. I went to medical school at the University of South Carolina in Columbia and then residency at Wake Forest University for emergency medicine. That's how it kind of transpired. There's more to the story than that, but I won't bore everyone yeah. with the uh, specifics. Here's the cliff notes. Do you think being in the military and, and what you saw um, made you go down the emergency medicine path? No, not really. I think that that's something that I wanted to do even um, before that. There, there were a lot of components of emergency medicine that I like. I guess some of it does come back to the military. Uh, to me, it seemed that emergency medicine was more of the teamwork environment. Um, and you know, as you've probably heard, the military does everything as a team. And so that really appealed to me. So that was uh, a big component of it uh, was the teamwork component. The other was, I have to admit that I was a little bit older and uh, a longer rel- residency and fellowship when I already had kids of my own uh, was probably not real high in the offing. So between the two, I, I found emergency medicine to be really relevant for me. The things that I like to do, um, I've been accused of having a hero complex and <laughs> emergency <laughs> medicine is kind of helping people when they need it the most. And I think that that might have appealed to my hero complex as well. Yeah, absolutely. There are worse complexes. Oh, I definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, and one thing I find really interesting is your background in the Army. I know, um, having known a lot of people that have served, it is very regimented. Um, It's uh, all about rules and standards and... Um, leadership is very, very important. Do you, do you think your passion for mentoring and teaching leadership started as a result of your time uh, serving our country and your experience in the military? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's a, a number of things that really kind of came about. Um, I call it the, the combining of two passions. Um, when I came through the military, I just loved the leadership component of uh, being in the military. Um, I had some really great mentors when I was in the military. And then once I uh, became a physician, I really enjoyed being a physician, especially in the emergency department. And uh, so this, as the story goes, one thing leads to another, right? And so with the military background, I was kind of asked to head up a couple of projects, uh, having a background in leadership and organizational structures and things like that. And now, I, I like to say that if you do one project and it goes well, they'll ask you to do two. And if they do two and they go well, they'll ask you to do four and then eight and then 16 and then it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. So I went from doing a couple of committees to having a part-time job to having a full-time job being administrator, even though I was still working clinical shifts in the emergency department at the time. But that leadership component is really, a, is really huge uh, for me. Um, the concepts of leadership are unfortunately not, not something that are taught to uh, medical students or to residents. Physicians have to learn leadership, at least in the full context, almost by trial and error and becoming involved in, in leadership activities. And sometimes physicians get very frustrated because they feel like they're not listened to. And leadership is very, very complex. I mean, the running of a healthcare organization like a hospital is amazingly complex. And unless you uh, understand the management side of that and also understand leadership in terms of alignment, mm-hmm. alignment of forces, working together as a team, a lot of what we learn in med school is actually almost counter to teamwork. You know, we, we as individuals are successful, not our team. Uh, being successful. And so we, we look at us as the final stopping point, which is important in, in a lot of clinical decisions, but there are tons of people that are helping make clinical decisions and are helping execute on the clinical decisions that are being made. And so for physicians to want to be involved in the processes of leadership and how the organization run and make suggestions about how it, how it ought to run, and there's lots of folks that do and very well-meaning, but they've never been really taught kind of the techniques of leadership mm-hmm. and alignment and getting to know the people that are on your team and how do you motivate them and, and how do you inspire them uh, to go above and beyond. Now, those aren't things that we learn in medical school. Uh, and so that was something that I learned before I was a physician. So to be able to take this passion of medicine and, and being there when people really need you and the patients really need you and being able to combine that uh, with a greater component of the leadership piece, it's just been phenomenal and a great melding for me. 
And as far as the book is concerned, it really is about trying to convey a number of what many would consider relatively basic principles of leadership to physicians. So it's a leader's compass for medical professionals. And the story, anecdotally, is really just a story about a physician who has no leadership training who becomes a medical director and trying mm -hmm. to motivate and learning the basic principles of leadership as they're conveyed, of course, by a military officer who happens to be retired and ends up being one of the patients of this medical director. And then they get into conversations about leadership, what leadership means, what are some of the basic concepts that you have to have around leadership? Uh, that's really what the book drives around. So yeah, uh, it's it's the intent to try to share some of those leadership principles with physicians who might find themselves in those positions. And I've worked with a lot of them that have. When would you say is a good time for a physician to read your book? During medical school, after school, once they get a leadership role? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so uh, I would, uh, I like to quote uh, uh, wisdom where I hear it. Simon Sinek says that um, leadership is like parenthood. Uh, everybody can be a leader, but doesn't mean everybody should be a leader. And it doesn't <laughs> mean everybody wants to be a leader. Right. So if yeah. you want to be and you have a propensity for it, then absolutely I would, I would recommend reading the book. Um, the first time you kind of step into a leadership role, whether it's chairing a committee, ending up as a medical director uh, in some component, uh, any type of leadership role, that's really when you ought to read the book. Um, I've shared it even um, with my med school. Uh, very different from when I was a medical student. There's a, a component that's really elective, but you can participate kind of in a leadership seminar. And so monthly they meet and they talk about leadership principles. And I actually presented parts of my book and some of the concepts I have around physician leadership uh, to the med students there. So even med students, if they know that leadership is something that they're going to want to do, absolutely, I'd recommend reading the book. Yeah. And there is, there's definitely a stigma and we do hear how um, a lot of physicians butt heads and, and with administration, with other physicians. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious about that, Dr. Underwood is, you know, part of the reason, well, there's the timing of this is amazing as well. Uh, thank you for your service leading up to Veterans Day here. Uh, Pacific Companies also employs a, a handful of, of, uh, veterans are very proud of but you know uh from that perspective understanding you know the the one desire uh and also how to navigate that because we we deal mainly on the financial side when we're talking with candidates and getting them educated on what to look out for contracts because as you pointed out that's not taught and that's expected you, you know you're not in medical school and residency and fellowship to understand how to read a net income guarantee contract versus gross collections or employed model. Uh, but it's vitally important. And the same applies here, right? So if you you have that desire to lead, you feel like you have the capabilities to, uh, to do that. I guess my, my what I'm wondering is, you know, are you seeking those folks out? Or do you see like an innate finding of, of a small pool of physicians that come to you and say, this is really what I want to do. I'm not sure how to do this. What is, how do I get here? How do I 
change minds and influence people? Sure. And, and the answer is it's a combination of both. Um, we do seek sometimes when we're in the recruiting area uh, to develop or bring in a physician leader over a particular service line, perhaps. Uh, that would be a component where we would be looking. At the same time, growing your own leaders is absolutely huge. And there's a number of providers that come through and you see how they behave and they become kind of natural leaders within their own department or within their own area. And we ask them if, you know, what their long-term goals are, is there something that we would um, like us to help develop? And so we teach leadership classes among the physicians at the hospital where I am for those who are interested in learning about it. So it's a combination of things. And I think that healthcare is absolutely ripe right now. Uh, there's a huge need for physician leadership. And COVID has proven that. Uh, there are so many new clinical aspects of how we care for the patients. And that clinical expertise really comes from the providers, but we need them to lead in, a ver in a various ways within our organization, whether it's our ICU committee, which is chaired by one of our physicians, our incident command, which is one of our physicians who is actually trained in disaster management. And he leads our incident command component. His name's uh, Brad Greenberg and a wonderful physician and a, and, and a great leader in his capacity. But even before COVID, we keep talking about this conversion from volume to value. And we're trying to build this value analysis where we're trying to keep the quality as high as it's ever been and continue to improve it while limiting costs within the system and nationally. This isn't mm -hmm. something we're trying to do as a healthcare organization when the government looks at a $3 trillion bill for healthcare uh, and benefits across the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. They want to improve that cost structure. Well, what's the most expensive thing? And I like to say this most expensive thing in a hospital is a doctor at a keyboard putting in orders. Right. And so it really is physicians influencing each other. We need that physician level of leadership to really look at what are best practices. How do we look at the utilization of our, of our various uh, assets within the organization so that they're being used to create the greatest amount of value? keep the quality as high as it can be, but try to do things in a way that are also cost effective. When I came through my training, we really kind of prided ourselves that we didn't know how much things cost because we were gonna do the best thing for the patient no matter the cost. Those days are gone. It's important for physicians to understand the cost component of the care that we provide and to try to be good stewards of the resources that are there. And now in the world of COVID, resources are scarce. Uh, whether it's staffing resources or supply resources and having physicians that understand kind of the models around that value generation is really important. And then on top of that, try to align physicians with organizations of what we're trying to accomplish, whether that's in the area of quality, whether that's in the area of cost containment, because we can't do it without physicians and physicians can't do it without administration and understanding both sides of that. So that's really kind of where it comes all together, I think, that uh, there becomes a growing and greater need for physicians to start to take on those leadership roles. Um, but unfortunately, like we said before, their training often, often left them ill-prepared for that task. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm sure you start to get really excited once people read your book and you start to see the principles and the things that you are teaching come to life. Oh, absolutely. When we talk about, um, you know, of course, we focus on values first. Is um, you know, There's a, a paradigm that I kind of go through when I teach, and we talk about values, and everything is really based off of your values. And you work on aligning your values with your activities and what you're trying to do. And so I teach a class on actually writing out a leadership philosophy, which is based off of the values that you have as a as a physician or as an individual. And those values come through in your leadership. So your values, when put into action, become virtues. Virtuous behavior over and over will build and demonstrate what your character is. And your character in demonstration is what builds trust. And you can't lead until people trust you to be a good leader. And so to see people, I've had a number of physicians that have read my book and in turn written their own leadership philosophies and shared them with me. And I think that that is absolutely phenomenal to to hear and to see and to talk to the folks about what they're trying to accomplish in that. And to put it to use, you know, the other thing about leadership is it's not like you learn a couple of principles and then you go out and do it and man, everything just went swell and and there were no conflicts and yeah. it was great. That's not how things work. You do it. You try it, it doesn't go well, or it goes partially well, but there's lessons to learn. So after action reviews are absolutely huge in any leadership concept that you're trying to demonstrate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's great to see the, the growing leadership. Um, I have on my leadership philosophy, leadership philosophy is uh, one of the greatest successes that I will have is when one of the folks on my team uh, gets promoted even outside of my team to go on and do bigger and better things in the leadership world in healthcare, uh, which is a little hard sometimes, uh, but <laughs> it's the ultimate success when somebody in your team is, is really successful, ends up leaving, but doing bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in today's world with marketing and all the different social channels, it's, so much easier to get the word out to these physicians. And I mean, I'm, I'm blown away just as a director of marketing here for Pacific companies, how many doctors are actually on LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and, and all, you know, all these places. And so to be able to get your book in front of them, um, you know, I think will be uh, easier than you think. And what we'll do is we'll put we'll we'll put a link in in the bottom of our description of this podcast. And we have a ton of followers, lots of residents and fellows. All our listeners are physicians or hospital admins. And we'll do our part to try and and spread the word for you. Get the yeah, word out. I, I I appreciate. It. I have to say that the release date was right when COVID hit. So oh man, it's been a. Attention has been drawn That's away right. a little bit, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, the need is there probably more so now uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID. Well, and, you know, I mean, it, with all of that noise out there, too, it's helpful to have an, an avenue and a reliable source, uh, proven track record and an individual, you know, to, to go to. Because, you know, a lot of our focus at our company uh, is on developing people. And, and whether that's, as you pointed out earlier, Dr. Underwood, 
do you have the want and the capacity and the desire to do it? And if not, that's okay. But if you do, great, let's get you there. But there's a lot right. of noise out there. And there's there's some good, some bad. So I think, you know, hearing from someone like yourself that has the pedigree both in administration, in the ED, through the training, and from the military background, it, you kind of have encapsulated all, all aspects. I don't know if I'm leaving any out here of where, you know, of those, I guess, various modalities of leadership. And I imagine that, you know, on the field of battle, it's an entirely different Dr. Underwood than it is when you're in a board meeting trying to, you know, convince that we need a new Da Vinci robot or whatever the case is. Yeah, absolutely. But I would say that no matter what, I I feel that leadership in general is agnostic to industry. Mm. Uh, The basic principles of how you lead people uh, is are the fundamentals behind it are the same, whether you're in the military uh, or in medicine, or uh, I worked uh, for a period of time before I got called back on active duty for uh, a component or a subdivision of Caterpillar Tractor. And it's all about how do you motivate and align folks to kind of accomplish the mission. It was Eisenhower that said, you know, leadership is getting people to do something you want them to do because they want to do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's not because you want them to necessarily. And, mm-hmm. you know, leadership in, in, in the military it happens as much in garrison as it does in conflict. Uh, so it, it really is the building of trust, the showing of character. Um, there's there's physical courage, but there's also emotional courage that are all components that play into leadership as a whole. Yeah, very well said. Well, Dr. Underwood, thank you so much for your time and expertise and knowledge. Uh, I love learning from physicians like you. This was amazing, and we really appreciate your time. And for those of you listening who are interested in reading Dr. Underwood's book, just look right underneath this episode in their show notes, and you'll see a link right there. Um, We'll make it real easy for you. And before we go, Dr. Underwood, I'm curious, any plans in the future expanding your leadership passion? Like um, Again, I like to teach. Uh, so I, I teach uh, via Zoom here lately uh, to a number of, of uh, mostly medical uh, companies um, or societies. I'll, I'll be doing, actually, uh, there was one group that recently did my book as a book club, um, and they're uh, around interventional radiology, but also focused on, on leadership. So I'll be presenting to that book club uh, components of my book or specific uh, things, especially around the leadership philosophy component um, here in the near future. So I like to do that. It, to me, it's fun. It's, it's fun to share that information with people. So that's one component of it. Um, the other is I also uh, do a little side gig, if you will, of uh, actually voiceover work. So it's it's oh, it's kind of cool, but uh, I like to, uh, especially if it's around medicine or leadership. Those are really the components that yeah. I, you know I'm I'm uh, I enjoy the most and have a, have particular passion around. So does that mean there's an audio book? Of your book out yet? So I have considered it. Um, I haven't uh, looked at all the technical components of how to do that. I know through uh, um, ACX, which is via Amazon, that you mm-hmm. can actually do that kind of on your own. So I've considered it. haven't done it yet, but uh, it would be something that I would definitely. Well, you've got a bunch of free time. 
I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. especially in yeah. the world of COVID, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's um, yeah. Well, you've it's, got uh, it, it's it's fun enough to do. Um, in fact, I've got a, a class on it tomorrow night. So that, oh, excellent. That I'm taking as a student as well. So I love to be. I love to learn about leadership as well. So I try to attend as many instructional uh, components as I can because it helps me as I teach. Uh, mm -hmm. There's always new ideas, new ways to do it, new examples to give um, around leadership, and, and I'm always open to learning those. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and just as a reminder, I know, Summer, you're going to spread the word, but uh, Dr. Robert Underwood and the book is The Leader's Compass for Medical Professionals. That's correct. Yep. Well, thanks again for your time. Um, we feel honored to have you on the podcast and stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll have you back on again. No, thanks to both of you. It's, it's been fun. I enjoy doing these things. So uh, anytime we can spread the word about physicians and being involved in leadership, I'm, I'm always happy to participate. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dr. Underwood. All right. Yep. Have you a great take night. Take care. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast could not be possible. If you would like to be a guest, go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.